folks we are back for a new episode of bullet points i am your host ty b and tonight i'll be joined by mike bunt and joe Conzi to break down ub's big win over miami of ohio and to preview this game over the bowling green falcons ub 31 and a half point favorites we'll get into that but first, a shout out to our sponsor, Pazza Electric. They can help with any electrical job, no matter how big or small. Give them a call at 716-698-2711. Doesn't matter if you just need a service. Uh, they can come check out anything that's wrong. They can upgrade your circuit breakers or anything else or even new house wiring. Give them a call again, 716-698-2711. Kanzi. We'll get to you first here. You were at the game, up in the press box. What are your initial thoughts here on that big, big win over Miami? Well, first of all, it was like a, you know both teams, Miami of Ohio and UB, were kind of feeling each other out in the first quarter. Um, it was kind of weird with no fans. You know, it was my first live football game without fans. Um, you had um, the MAC preseason media poll favorite. Uh, Buffalo, and then you had the Mac preseason coaches, Paul Miami, going against each other. And after that first quarter, you're thinking something's got to happen. The defenses were stifling each other, and then boom, it just exploded. I mean, Buffalo exploded. Um, you had uh, Kyle Van Treese was just slinging it. Uh, Jar Pat, you know, he he's uh, he had 3,000 career yards. He was 51 yards shy, of becoming the fifth running back in UB uh, school history. I mean, he was the fastest running back to do it too in that game, but um, you know, just, it was incredible seeing football live, but man, Van Trees has an arm that I don't think I've seen from a UB quarterback. I mean, obviously Tyree Jackson had a cannon, but it was good to see Van Trees sling it out there. And man, I mean, none up front, just watching none run routes was just insane. And Miami had no answer for him. So very excited to have football. Uh, to see it live, but man, this UB team is definitely plowing through teams and it's going to be hopefully another one-sided affair for UB uh, as they take on, um, you know, the Falcons uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. And you bring up Kyle Van Treese's performance. Someone who I know has something to say to Kyle Van Treese here. Mike Bunt, what do you got for me? Got to give the man his props. He balled last week uh, after I, basically said UB had no passing attack and didn't think that they really had a threat of a passing attack. So got to give him credit uh, where credit is due. He had an absolutely fantastic game. And I think that's something that UB needed to show the rest of the conference that they have the threat of a passing attack, even if they don't throw for 350 uh, a game going forward. I think it's crucial to make sure that defenses take the passing attack seriously to open up lanes for the running attack. Um, you saw early on in that game, UB really wasn't super efficient on the ground. Now they ended up with over 200 yards rushing um, and nearly four and a half yards of carry. So they ended up with good, good numbers on the ground, but some of those deep balls were something that have been lacking uh, for the last couple of years from UB. And we always knew that Antonio Nunn had the talent. He just didn't have the quarterbacks getting him the ball. And that's a sign uh, in the right direction for UB. Zach Lefebvre, we've always kind of known he's had uh, the ability, but he really came up with some impressive plays, a really nice uh, jump ball catch uh, in that contest. And then finally a youngster stepping up, uh, Trevor Wilson, with 
the 78-yard touchdown, UB really has been a one-man passing attack, and we've been wondering who is going to be that number two guy. Now it's only two catches, but now they have someone else that opponents have to game plan for, and I think that'll do great things for this offense going forward. So kudos to uh, Van Trees, and hopefully UB can can keep trying to sling it around a little bit going forward. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you look at this, we finally have what looks like some emergent weapons besides Antonio Nunn there in the passing game. And if you're able to do that, get the ball to Trevor Wilson, Giovanni Ruiz on a consistent basis, that should help free things up for Antonio Nunn. They're not going to be able to double team him as much. Um, and do those things. And it'll also open up that run game. Like you said, still over four yards per carry. That's great numbers. The same thing they were able to do, you know, throughout last year, they're being able to duplicate thus far this season. And it's great to see, you know, Kevin Marks have an emergent game after we were somewhat worried, like, is he going to get more of those carries or is he going to be, you know, just the change of pace guy gets, you know, six, seven carries a game. He really, really showed out early on in that game when Jared Patterson kind of struggled to catch his feet early on. But it was Marks that was driving that offense. And then Van Trees in that third quarter who just went absolutely off. Nine of nine for 229, three touchdowns in that second half. Just phenomenal performance from him. You can't say enough. And the defense, you got you to gotta take your hat off to that defense. What a great defensive performance it was, Kanzi. Yeah, I, I, you know, I talked about, I, I think I said to you in a, in a text message, or even it was the halftime show um, against Northern Illinois, uh, James Patterson is a freak of nature. I mean, the way he flies the ball and corrals the ball is unbelievable. Um, that defense was firing on all cylinders. Um, they were missing Riggins again. So, mm-hmm. you know, with all due respect to Riggins, great football player, but the fact that they can still dominate without key uh, parts to their uh, to their defense uh, is great. And um, uh, Roy Baker uh, with a nice uh, interception. I mean, it was a gift, but the fact that he ran a route alongside the receiver and picked off that football was unbelievable. Um, I mean, just the speed to keep up with that receiver was great. So uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, promising things out of this UB football team. And I think I said it to you too, Tybee, you know, having covered, you know, and, and, and Mike, you can kind of talk to this a little bit, having seen the Bulls play live, um, this is probably one of the more complete games I've seen from the UB Bulls uh, covering them for as long as, as I, you know, as I have, or as long as I watch them. So it was very nice to see very promising. And I mean, who is going to stop the UB Bulls? I, I don't know. That's the thing. So um, another thing too, I wanted to make a point about before I forget, you know, Jared Patterson and Kevin Marks, they make up the max top running back duo. They're my gruesome twosome, as I call them. They both rank among top 10 in the conference in rushing. Patterson's fourth on fourth on the leaderboard, with 210 on 40 carries with four touchdowns. And Marks is 10th with 141, just 22 attempts. That's 6.4 yards per carry. I mean, what more could you ask for from two running backs? And that's the same thing. If you can, and, that's, and that leads to that point of with running backs, if you can control the clock and your defense is stifling teams like this defense is, it's, it's Buffalo controls every game. Yep. Six pass breakups. A.J. Mayer was just 7 of 25 passing for the Red Hawks. They just couldn't figure things out, uh, and it just seemed like they were all over them. Only I, – I, I don't think they did too much rushing either. Um, it, just, it just seemed like they couldn't get going at all. 
And this is without, like you said, no Riggins, no Apree Washington still. You're dealing with injuries. You got some new faces there. But generally, you have some of these guys who have been here. They've been in the system. They're not necessarily big-name guys. And we've seen Lance really be able to develop. Uh, fun, when you're looking at this defense, like where, where do you see this defense as opposed to last year at this time, you know, two, three, you know, it's a little different. We only got six games, but you know, when you're a couple games into Mac play, how do you, how do you, how does your confidence level differ from last season? Because I think this version gives you a lot more to be confident of, even with those injuries. I'm more confident in this unit, but it's not necessarily that I think they're a better unit. I think it's more that I know what to expect from them on a weekly basis. Um, Last year, a lot of these players, we were still waiting on them to make names for themselves. So I know we said Riggins hasn't played so far this year, but we knew guys like him and Coons had the ability, but we hadn't really seen it on the field at a super high level. A lot of these guys now we've already seen, we know what to expect and now they're producing at the level that we've come to expect out of them in Another thing to make a point out of, we're watching them against Mac competition. Last year, they did great against Mac competition, but they had some struggles when they played non-conference opponents. A team like Liberty, who we now know is a very good football team, exposed them badly. But Mm -hmm. there is no non-conference surprise. We are playing the Mac East, and then the lone game against the Mac West is Northern Illinois. These are all games that UB is vastly superior to. So it really, the domination shouldn't come as a question. It should come as an expectation. And especially if you think UB is clearly the Mac favorite. And one thing I do want to point out, while the defense has been great and it really has been amazing, UB is kind of a little bit doing the same things that they did last year. They, they are capitalizing off of somewhat some lucky plays and also some of the misfortune of their opponents. The first game against NIU credit to to them for getting, forcing a couple fumbles and taking them back to the house, but you can't rely on plays like that happening week by week. A second point too: how many times did Miami drop a pass on, on what should have been easy completions. Miami could have easily scored more points in that contest Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for their own mistakes. Now I'm not going to, say that's the reason why they only had uh, the limited amount of points. UB did a great job enforcing mistakes, but it, it looks like it's only going to continue. Bolton Green's quarterback is completing only 28% of his passes this year. So I think you're going to see another week of great defense. But the big question is, is it because UB is doing something special or is it we're talking about a league with a bunch of mediocre teams right now that really just – aren't in the right don't even deserve to be on the same football Mm -hmm. field quite frankly as UB. oh absolutely and let's get into that a little bit here we'll just briefly touch on this game with bowling green because i don't think there's all that much to talk about uh ub played bowling green last year the last week of the regular season it was a 49 to 7 win could have easily been like 100 to 7 uh jared patterson six touchdowns 298 rushing yards one of the best performances we've ever seen out of one person in one game. Oh yeah. And don't forget Kevin Marks also went for over a hundred yards. So when you look at this matchup, Bowling Green, you know what they're doing right now. They're giving up 300 yards a game on defense just on the ground. Yeah. Good luck trying to stop Jared Patterson and Kevin Marks. 
Um, and they're losing by an average margin of 36 and a half so far in their first two contests. They're getting absolutely smoked. They might be the worst team in all of college football. They've looked completely lost these past few seasons since Dino Babers has left. And this, uh, this rebuild that they're going under right now with Scott Loeffler does not look very optimistic. And they do not look poised to be able to pull off an up- upset here, Conzi. Yeah, so um, my heart is a little near and dear to Bowling Green for one thing and one thing only. And the, the Conzi family is, is a, a tried and true Notre Dame football family. Okay, I grew up in it. Um, I just wasn't smart enough to get into Notre Dame, so I ended up at UB. Um, and I fell in love with the UB Bulls as well. But the reason I bring up Notre Dame is because Brian Van Gorder is the defensive coordinator for Bowling Green. And in 2016, <laughs> Notre Dame fans watched the Irish allow 50 points, 36 points, and 38 points in losses to Texas, Michigan State, and Duke. And it was the most embarrassing showing of a defense in Notre Dame history. Um, And after week four, Notre Dame ranked 101st in scoring defense with 33 and a half points per game. So you'll look at uh, Bowling Green now. I mean, in 2020, they've allowed the FBS worst 50 points per game, 595 and a half total yards per per, per game, 302.5 rushing yards per game. Do I need to go any further? We should be chomping at the bit for this game tomorrow to see Marks and Patterson just rip through this defense. With all due respect to the resume that Brian Van Gorder has, it's difficult to be a college coach, difficult to be a coordinator. He just doesn't have it with this defensive unit here. And I just feel terrible for Bowling Green uh, coming into this game because the points, the point spread's 31 and a half. I mean, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the numbers don't lie is what I'm getting at. So I just I think that UB is just going to have a field day. You're going to see a lot of uh, guys with career highs. Uh, we might even see Trevor Wilson finally just take over. Um, you know, he had his first touchdown uh, mm-hmm. of his career last game. So, you know, the the, the world is their oyster. Uh, and, and it'll be interesting to see just how many points this UB Bulls team puts up. Oh, absolutely. And you look at this Bowling Green offense. I'm not too worried about them either. Quarterback Matt McDonald, the former Bowler Bull, Bull Boston College guy who transferred to Bowling Green, um, only completing 28% of his passes on the season. You don't have to be a math person to know that is absolutely awful. You're not going to win games like that. You're not even going to be close in games. And guess what? The UB passing defense, they hold opponents to an average of 45.8 completion percentage, which is the third in all of uh, D1. So, yeah, good luck tomorrow night, Matt McDonald. I think this UB team is going to just completely eat. This should be a good time again for some of these guys to get some good tape out there for some of these scouts just to put some flash plays out there, even though it's against some lesser competition. But you just put those flashes out there just to get their eyes, get them caught in to look deeper into the film, break your stuff down. That's what you want to do. So, Bunt, what are your, your thoughts on this game? I don't I don't think Bowling Green even – needs to show up tomorrow yeah what did you say the line was 31 and 31 a half? and a half yeah, yeah, spread, that's, a lot. Yeah. that's a that's a <laughs> lot for a mac for a mac contest uh, you're not talking about them playing the top 10 team like wisconsin or ohio state this is <laughs> yeah. ub versus bowling green so uh, that's pretty crazy and uh i i want to say i have a little bit of a soft spot for bowling green as well uh, it was one of three schools i applied to they offered me a lot of money to go there and i didn't even take the visit 
But uh, <laughs> years later, uh, I went back to back to the university with a friend who went there. And it actually is a beautiful, uh, beautiful campus. It's a nice school. Uh, a lot of great alumni. Uh, but their football team is awful. And it's actually kind of sad to see that because growing up, they were kind of the gold standard uh, in the MAC. watching guys like Omar Jacobs. Um, I remember they I think it had college game day on the set there back in, I believe, 2004, back when yep. there was three MAC teams in the top 25 in the same season. Miami, Ohio had been uh, Roethlisberger. They had Omar Jacobs at BG, and I believe NIU might have been uh, pretty solid at that time too. Uh, then back in 2008, UB had their signature win that actually vaulted them to the MAC championship game. They were down double digits. I believe it was 17-20 point deficit in, late in the third quarter, and they came back to – to win the game. So a lot of great memories at Bowling Green um, overall, but this team is just kind of an embarrassment for, for the school. They've fallen on hard times. You mentioned how last year um, Patterson had 298 yards and six touchdowns, which sounds crazy. And what's even crazier is he had most of that in the first half. UB really kind of went away from the running attack with him in the second half. And that's how Mark's got to his hundred plus yards. This is a game UB should dominate. 30 points, that's a fair line. If UB sticks to the running game, no reason they shouldn't be able to run for around 300-plus yards. Uh, the last game that UB played them, 455 yards on the ground and seven touchdowns. I expect Marks and Patterson both to go over 100. UB doesn't even need to pass the ball in this contest. You, Bowling Green can't stop them. And you talk about the BG passing at top offense, 28%, like you said, that's not going to get it done. Even last year, they struggled the patch for – they were under 50% of that contest. Yeah. These two teams are not close to one another on paper. This should be a total blowout. And anything other than that would kind of be concerning to me if I was a UB fan. Oh, absolutely. I think they'll get this win. Before we get to the predictions, though, to close the show, there's just one other game we got to bring up. Um, your Ohio Bobcats will not be playing this week. Um, the game between the Miami of Ohio Redhawks and the Ohio Bobcats will be canceled. That is the first Mac game that will be canceled uh, this season in 2020. Um, the first of 36 Mac contests scheduled. Um, it, does Can this affect possibly UB's game against Ohio in a few weeks? We don't know that right now. You know, have you heard any more details, anything like that out of Athens, Mike? So I, I don't, I don't know the true situation, but if it was enough to have a game canceled, uh, you know that can't be good, especially when you're in a six weeks, six week season where there's no time for rescheduling contests. This is going to be big, and honestly, this was what we all feared—a a spike in COVID, a second wave, and honestly, I think the MAC is going to be lucky if most of the teams play six games. And what makes this even worse is Miami, Ohio was, was considered one of the teams that could contend. Now with their loss to UB, not playing this game could essentially probably end Miami, Ohio's chance at contending. Mm -hmm. And now you're looking at basically it coming down to basically UB versus Kent State. Because even if Ohio University has a good team, which I'm not really convinced they do, they, they won't be able to get enough games in to make it worthwhile. So honestly, it, it feels like the Mac East race is already over. Uh, and we're only two weeks. <laughs> into the season. I, I feel like it, you could already punch UB to Detroit. My only concern is 
are we even going to see the end of the season? I hope so. I still think we can, but I'm a little worried now that this is already starting to creep into Mac play. Absolutely. Yeah. If you remember too, Miami of Ohio was the first one to have a basketball game canceled because yep. of COVID. They've been dealing with those issues pretty much since January of 2020. Yep. And it seems that it's hitting their campus pretty hard right now. I saw that a bunch of their um, dormitories are going to like their second level of restrictions. Um, Kanzi, what, what do you got for me? I, I was just going to uh, just say that, you know, it, it's, it's pretty crazy to think like we're, we're talking about football. And then we're also have to transition into basketball rather quickly. And now we don't even know what's going to happen with that because Miami, Ohio, like you just said, is, has been dealing with it since January. So um, to think that another breakout could happen on campus could, you know, it won't bode well, especially since basketball is played indoors. So, you know, not, not to kind of segue into basketball. Well, no, that's right a good, that's again, a good you know, note because yeah, yeah. I was listening to John Rothstein today on the Jim Rome show. He's talking about this. Um, yes, there are teams that are shut down right now due to COVID. Canisius being one of them, Niagara being another. I own another one in the state. A lot of them in New York right now are having issues. But over, I think it's over 90-some percent are not being affected right now and are up and running with no COVID issues. So it looks like we're going to have a college basketball season. The NCAA is being proactive for once and actually trying to get things settled for the tournament where it looks like everything will happen in one city, which is going to be Indianapolis. So you're going to have everyone there. Teams are going to not be allowed to leave once you get there until you're eliminated. So we're obviously going to see a whole different structured schedule. Um, You probably won't have as many games on the same days. It'll be kind of stretched out a little bit longer early on. Um, so everything, who knows what's going to happen, but at least we see the NCAA taking some of these precautions, trying to get ahead of these things. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I was looking at the numbers too. I don't know if you saw it, but the number of new COVID cases in Ohio doubled over the past two it's weeks. It's tripled from- in the last month. It's, it's, so yeah, but I was going to say it's yeah. tripled over the last 30 days. Uh, you know, and the New York times had that uh, reported first. So. Um, you know, definitely uh, trying times and very, very concerning too. Um, but you know, um, you know, we'll see what happens in uh, in the next uh, next couple of days. And uh, just to add on this quick uh, before we wrap this all up, basketball is an even bigger concern than than football, regardless of what people feel about this pandemic and everything, what their opinions are on it. Just looking at roster size. Football, you can afford to lose five, ten players. You could still put a, a team on the field. If you have three basketball players with COVID, who, when are you going to play again? And, and a uh, lot of the guys live together. Yeah. So like you're going to close contact, you have to pull them out. And then the contact tracing. You, and, and the problem, too, if you miss one or two players and it like, so we talk about Clemson without Trevor Lawrence and yeah, that's a big, that's a really big loss. Losing number one overall pick and putting in a backup quarterback, but they still have a five-star quarterback to replace him. If you're talking to Mac team and say Javon Graves just suddenly has COVID and uh, let's add just a random player. Suddenly you're losing a potential Mac player of the year and you're going up against another school the, these standings are going to be so 
I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. But it's going to be so fluky and weird. I have a feeling it's going to be a mess because how do you avoid it? I mean, we know there's going to be a second wave. And like I said, not getting politics involved in this or anything. A lot of these states, their rates are around 10 11 percent nine ten eleven i was over 50 percent yeah. the other day how is it's going to impact teams and mm-hmm. they they can all say they're doing this they're doing that how many head coaches have we heard about it yep. i mean we're just lucky that a head coach that's older like a jim Bayheim who has it hasn't gotten seriously sick from this yet so i'm i'm not gonna fear the worst i'm excited for basketball season i hope everything is able to go out and they're able to get a full season in, yeah. but they're going to have some obstacles. They're, they're playing with fate right now. Yeah. I mean, you look at, I think it was Trent Williams. He, he had tested negative, but he was still out for a few weeks afterwards because of the issues. Um, and, and you talk about the myocarditis, everything else. That's why they're trying to be smarter. They're looking out for the long-term health of these, these athletes, because if you have something wrong with your heart, then you try to play the added stress. You never know what could happen. Uh, it, it's a whole, you know, big can of worms that, you know, you're going to have to pay me a lot more to talk about for hours. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that when uh, the NCAA decides sure. to hire me to solve their COVID crisis. But until then um, we're going to give you some predictions on this UB bowling green game. Kanzi, give it to me first. How bad is that yeah. going to be? So, <laughs> so I think we, we've talked about it. Buffalo's offense is just, pure dominant um it's more balanced bowling green struggling uh the bulls have a deeper more talented defense um i don't need think i need to go any further i'm just gonna say it's gonna be a blowout loss for bowling green i got i got buffalo 45 bowling green 10 all right bunt where you at on this one that's uh i'm trying to think what was it last year it was something like 49 7 49 to seven. And to be honest, I think this UB team is better. And I think this Bowling Green team is just as bad, if not worse than what they were last year. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be nice. I'll give Bowling Green an extra field goal. I'll say 49 to 10 UB. Yeah. I think the Bulls might put up more than that. I'm sorry, Bowling Green. This one is going to be an absolute shellacking. The Bulls are here to prove a point this season. They're not going to stop. They're going to run it up. Lance understands, I think, this year more than any. It's about the optics. You got one vote. Someone's watching you right now. So let's go. Continue to run it up. Continue to get yourself into the poll. Get yourself this national discussion. Continue to help yourself in recruiting and these other things that you can do marketing-wise for your program and your school that you're still able to do if you're able to get these national games. If you're able to keep winning, can you get a top 25? Can you maybe play Coastal Carolina where both of your teams are almost, you know, maybe 15th in the country? You know, let's do these things. Let's build this program right. And I think Lance knows what he has to do to get there. And that's by absolutely destroying the Bowling Green Falcons tomorrow. I'm going to say 60, 62, 10, UB. <laughs> Ty B and the B is for bold. Let's go. Let's oh, yeah. Kanzi said that was a – or uh, Katzi said that was a good prediction. Um, I might have to keep him here. He said he's going to leave in the afternoon tomorrow. But uh, – I don't know. We might have to make them stay for another Bulls game, but it just feels like right now this team is just moving 
as as good offensively as they ever have. The defense seems to be good. You should be getting some of these more of these guys back from injury now. They seemed a lot of them seem to be getting week to week as of last week. So you're going to be getting them stepping back into the roster, which is huge for you. And if they keep putting together wins, like I wish this was a real season, I think they would have probably beat K State. This team could have really made a name for themselves, but they're doing what they got to do. Anything before we sign off, Kanzi, anything you're working on? Yeah, so, um, you know, Ty B's got a game preview coming up. And, um, you know, be on the lookout, too. You know, we talked a little bit about basketball. Be on the lookout for the basketball preview, you know. The, the season's uh, just coming up on us. I'm not throwing the towel on the football season, but uh, with UB Sports, we're just, we're just really excited that we're able to talk about it. And uh, we hope everyone stays safe and everyone's enjoying it. Yep, coverage never stops for UB everything. But anything here? I know, I know you're real excited to watch UB. You can't watch your uh, Bobcats, but we got you covered. Yeah, I finally don't need to split the TV between two different games this week, so <laughs> that'll be nice. Uh, plus, Ohio's been boring me the last two weeks anyway. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this game. It's going to be fun. And what I want, not really from a content side, but what I'm going to be keeping my eyes on the next couple of weeks is those – top 25 polls because UB is going to keep stacking these wins. And honestly, regardless of the competition, if they go six and oh, they're going to have a good chance at being ranked. And on, I, I think with not having a non-conference schedule, this might be one of the best opportunities for UB to get their first appearance in the top 25 in program history from a football side of things. If they can keep stacking these wins mm-hmm. week after week after week. Absolutely, 100%, especially if these other conferences continue to beat each other up. There's a path for it. There's a path for us to put our horns all the way up in the top 25, just like we did a few years ago with the basketball team. It could be done with this football team. I have 100% faith in Lance Leipold and company to get this one done. I know the rest of the Bulls faithful are behind us. Shout out Jake Malinich. Also, that dude was mashing people last week. I forgot to bring that up when we were talking about this rushing game. It starts and ends with Jake Milinich. We got to get him nominated for the low man trophy. He's been blowing boys up left and right, opening up holes for Jarrett Patterson and Kevin Marks and everyone else on this UB team. But make sure you call Paz Electric, 716-698-2711 for any electrical needs. Residential, commercial, doesn't matter. That'll do it for Kanzi, Mike Bunt, and myself, Ty B. Let's go get this dub over Bowling Green. BGFU, get your horns up. Let's go Bulls.